1: And we continue at 106 in the afternoon. Talk Radio 790 KABC, the John Phillips Show. Broadcasting live from the Morongo Casino Resort and Spa Living Room Studios, where I would imagine a lot of people are going to nestle up to the bar, order a nice cocktail, and watch some NBA basketball this weekend. Mr. Randy Wags at the Sports Desk in Culver City.
2: John, the shout-outs just keep on coming today. We started the show by telling you about the shout-out that we got at the beginning of Smoke & Scan today as they cover the L.A. City Council. Well, during the commercial break, I was watching Smoke and & Scan, and Daniel Gus happened to be on the public comment line, and he gave us a plug on Channel 35.
3: Oh, By the way, this is uh, for identification purposes only, danielgus.substack.com. I'll be on 790 K ABC talking about some of this stuff at 130 today on 790 K ABC with John Phillips. Speak I to the
1: 14, agenda, Mr. Guest.
3: Well, I am. That's for identification purposes only. Uh, I will be speaking on 790 K ABC, perhaps about item fourteen.
2: There we go. <laughs> And, you know, you could participate, too, if you happen to be doing nothing around 1030 in the morning on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And you want to call into the L.A. City Council meeting, curse them out, and plug this show. We're all about it, and we'll play it on the air.
1: How much do you think they hate us
2: down there? I think some of them might enjoy it.
1: I don't think Paul Krikorian is enjoying any of this.
2: No. But he's on his last term. He is almost done. Get out. But, yes, he's absolutely over this. I don't know what he's going to try to run for next, but uh, he is definitely over being president of the city council. Because if you're just one of the 15 members, you can ignore the calls. You can just play with your phone. You can eat. But if you're the president, you're the one that has to yell at everybody. Go to the first
1: caller on the phone now. Well, Randy, I don't know if we want to do this, but whenever you look at any of the big awards programs, whether it is the Oscars, the Emmys, even the ESPYs over at ESPN, they always do an in-memoriam segment for all of the huge figures in that particular world that died that year.
2: It's a very important thing. It's a little cathartic because you think about some of the tragic things that happen throughout a year and they go by so quickly. It's nice to have that moment where you remember that person and how much they meant to you.
1: Should we start out this hour with an in memoriam segment delivered by a celebrity guest?
2: Uh, Yes, we can do that. Uh, Just broke about an hour ago, but uh, legendary actor Carl Weathers, you probably know him from the Predator movie and, of course, the Rocky movies and Arrested Development and the Mandalorian show recently. Everyone knows Carl Weathers. Everybody loves Carl Weathers. And another celebrity from that era wanted to give a peaceful, a, a very moving tribute to Carl Weathers. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Hey, X-World, it's me, yours truly. Oh, no, it's O.J. Doesn't have the same ring as what's going on, Twitter World. No, he needs to go back to the old
1: introduction.
4: Just want to take a moment to uh, send my condolences to the family of uh, Carl Withers. Uh, You would know him as Apollo Creed from the the Rocky movies. Uh, You know, I first met Carl on the football field. I think I was a rookie. And we were playing in Oakland and I was doing warm-ups and he ran up to me. I guess he was playing linebacker for the Raiders at the time or trying to make the team.
2: I did not know that Carl Weathers wanted to be a football player.
4: Uh, maybe that's how the juice met him. And he told me, you know, introduced himself. He told me he was an actor and, you uh, know, wanted to talk to me about it. Uh, I had my uh, trainer uh, give him my phone number and, We talked once in a while, but not that much. He almost immediately went on to have success as an actor. And of course, uh, playing that Apollo Creed character uh, really helped. But um, to the family, to his family, his children, his parents, uh, my condolences. He was a terrific guy, very, very nice guy. And a very talented actor, I might add. God bless. Take care.
2: That was very heartfelt from the juice, except where he's trying to figure out how to turn the phone off. Then it gets a little weird. A moving
1: tribute, not only from an NFL great, but the John Phillips show legal analyst, senior legal analyst, Arenthal James Simpson.
4: What's going on,
2: America? (laughs) Wow, Royals only a legal analyst.
1: I think O.J. spent more time in the courtroom than Royal. (laughs) Royal's only been a a top-level practicing attorney for decades. 800-222-K-A-B-C. 800-222-5222. All right, we got another election that is making a lot of noise this time around. And that, of course, is the election for district attorney, because our embattled district attorney, George Gascon, is looking for another four years.
2: If you don't know who George Gascon is, Google on on YouTube
1: and his numbers are in the toilet, as you would expect from a man who is district attorney and also as pro criminal as you can get.
2: For an incumbent district attorney seeking reelection, we have multiple polls now, whether it's the county or the city of Los Angeles, showing the incumbent who's running for reelection not able to break 15%. That is embarrassing.
1: Beyond pathetic. The problem, however, is that the field seeking to replace him is wide. And there's another candidate on the ballot who is just as screwed up as George Gascon but has a more pleasant personality. I'm not even going to give you that candidate's name because I don't want that to be the only thing you remember. So from this point forward, Randy, I don't even think we should mention that particular candidate's name because I don't want to confuse anyone. But there's another snake in the grass in this campaign on that ballot. So the question is... Can we get a pro-public safety candidate onto the November ballot with George Gascon? Because if we do, he is D-O-A. Quite frankly.
2: So yesterday there was a big poll that got released about George Gascon's chances in this re-election. And what do you know? The very same day, George Gascon holds a press conference showing that he's actually being really tough on retail crime.
1: Woo. Well, I guess if anyone in the county can do drugs without having to go to jail,
2: why not the DA, too? Let's hear an update from KCAL.
5: L.A. County DA George Gascone is fighting to keep his job, as ballots, or...
2: Pat's not voting for
1: him. You can tell.
5: ...going out for the March primary. Today, he announced hundreds of arrests connected to the recent smash-and-grab retail thefts, wanting to make clear that criminals are being punished. KCAL News political reporter Tom Waits here with... That announcement today
6: an important announcement i think it's important to remember also the timing also important and interesting so yeah very close <laughs> new poll coming out tonight so
1: <laughs> showing really bad news for the incumbent
6: gascon made a point of repeatedly telling reporters today his office is prosecuting and sending to jail and prison the people behind these brazen thefts this as it's
2: so bad i think they even used avoid using the a word in this press conference
1: that's how you know it's break glass in case of an emergency time.
6: This as he faces a tough re-election campaign. A new out tonight shows he has some challenges ahead to convince voters he deserves another term.
7: The arrests are taking place. Prosecutions are taking place. There- L.A. County
2: District. He sounds so passionate about his job. Whenever he's talking about putting
1: people in jail, you can tell it's like pulling teeth.
2: And and I don't know if this is a specific design choice, if this is a specific aesthetic choice for him. But lately, whenever George Gascon does a press conference, he looks like he has bedhead.
1: Well, because he he was up late at night doing a Google
2: on the YouTube. (laughs) Do
7: a Google on, on YouTube.
2: The man needs a comb.
7: The arrests are taking place. Prosecutions are taking place. They're- L.A. County District Attorney
6: George Gascone on the offensive, announcing the arrests of more than 400 people connected to smash-and-grab mob robberies at stores across Southern
7: California. We are prosecuting approximately 200 cases. Some of those cases have multiple defendants.
2: Wait, if there's 400, why are you only prosecuting 200? Well, and
1: prosecuting is a nebulous word when George Gascone is the one who's doing it.
2: Yeah, what are the charges that you're actually filing here? Because you could really go crazy with these people, especially how aggravated, brazen, and pre-planned these things were. Or you could charge them with theft.
0: We have recovered over $2.3 million in stolen property and recovered 35 firearms.
2: What do you think the task force thinks when they have a meeting and Gascon shows up? Oh.
1: Everyone is secretly sending text messages to everyone else at the meeting while the meeting is going on. And the barf emoji is the most common thing sent.
6: Standing alongside members of the organized retail crime task force, Gascon appearing to use the announcement to address the perception by some that his office is soft on crime.
2: It's the perception by most and to use Gascone's term, the reality.
1: Not the perception by some, the perception by all. And it's a correct perception, by the way.
7: The purposes of getting together today is to hopefully, through you all, be able to show the community that people are being arrested, people are being prosecuted, there will be people going to prisons and jail as a result of this.
2: It's the first time I've ever heard him not say accountability. That's how scared to death he is, that he's going to not only lose, but lose badly and deal a fatal blow to this whole movement.
1: I think you're right. I do not believe I've ever heard him talk about prisons or jails, unless it's in the context of emptying them
7: and that we're not looking the other way.
6: Gascone is currently up for re-election, and he faces a tough battle against 11 challengers. Ballots for the March primary are already in the mail. A new poll just out from USC Dornsife shows Gascone with 15% support from voters.
2: That is so embarrassing. That is
1: about as pathetic as I've ever seen an incumbent do in a poll. 15%
6: shows gascone with 15 percent support from voters
2: see la is not totally lost
1: no we've just got to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing so we kick this jackass out of office and he's parking cars at the DoubleTree tree by the airport
6: his next closest challengers jonathan hitami at eight yeah, percent solid
2: choice there you go eight percent for mr hitami
6: and 4% for Nathan Hockman. 64% are undecided. Is it unusual for a, a candidate like Gascone to only be getting 15% in a poll when you're the incumbent? We could read that as a sign of weakness.
2: Because it is? You could read it that
6: way, yes, that's true.
2: Why do you think Gascone had this press conference yesterday?
6: In, in one, sort of one avenue, is to read that as, like, he's a weak incumbent? I would look at it though I'd actually make the comparison to the. US Senate race uh, here in California and say like well, it's a less crowded field those candidates don't have a ton of name recognition and they're also sort of polling around 15 percent Well
2: actually shifts up at 25 now. yeah he's pulling away
6: Well violent crime in la. While violent crime in L.A. is down over the past year, property crime, like retail theft, is up slightly.
2: And let's not forget what we learned from Michael Moore earlier this week. Robbery down. Robbery with a gun up. Right. So when he says, well, robberies are down.
1: Yeah, okay. There needs to be a follow-up question. How about if the clerk got robbed
6: at gunpoint? Gascone is in a battle to fight off the perception that he's soft on crime. That is- That's
1: going to be a tough battle. Yeah, you've lost that battle. Sorry, that is, dude.
6: That his office allows repeat offenders to walk out of jail. It's an issue his opponents have pounced on in recent debates. We have a society right now in Los Angeles who
2: feels really unsafe. They feel unsafe going to the supermarket or going to the mall.
3: I think if you ask any of the challenges here today, I think we would all repeal the pro-criminal directives that George Gascon put into practice.
6: Gasco says recent crime stats speak for themselves over the past year in LA homicides are down 17% violent crimes were also down slightly but as you saw things like property crimes and robberies well they have ticked up so Pat interesting race ahead for the DA's office as, as you know he survived a uh, you know recall, recall. yeah absolutely mm-hmm.
2: you know when you That's a very different thing well he he didn't he did not survive a recall vote he would have lost that handily what happened was it is very difficult to get 550,000 signatures in this county and get the registrar to correctly verify them.
1: Valid signatures is what they need. They got the signatures. You need that many valid signatures to put it on the ballot. Had it got on the ballot, he almost certainly would have
2: lost. I think, in comparison, you know how many signatures they need to recall Sheng Tao. How many? Twenty five thousand. Oh, she's gone.
5: You know, um, absolutely. Mm,
2: it's my girl.
5: You know, when you see those video, those images over and over again, sometimes people don't necessarily listen to the stats. Yes, right.
2: You the- mean because the stats are crap?
1: Yes, the stats are meant to manipulate the public.
5: They just see those images, especially of the smash and
1: grab.
5: The question about the primary, Tom, um, who gets more than 50 percent of the vote?
6: Right. This is always a complicated issue right in the California primary. It's kind of it's kind of convoluted. So basically, you got a crowded field, right? If nobody in the crowded field gets more than 50 percent of the vote, so 50 percent plus one vote, then the top two go on in November and challenge each other. So what do you think
2: the likelihood that Gascon isn't even in the top two? He is going to be in the top
1: 2 but only because the field is so wide and only because so many of the challengers don't have any name ID.
6: So if the numbers kind of hold up, I mean there's 64% undecided. So who knows what happens as people get their ballots or go to the polls or mail them in whatever. If nobody gets that 50%, then the top 2 people who get the most they go votes go yeah, exactly. it doesn't
5: matter doesn't matter what party, right? Exactly.
6: And so- it doesn't matter if if it's 48 to Whatever. I don't I'm not going to try do the math.
2: <laughs> you know what's wild, too, is in the original primary in 2020, Jackie Lacey was at like 50 percent up until like the last day of counting votes. And then she was at 49 and they had to have a runoff.
1: And then we all got screwed.
2: Yes, because that's when Adam Schiff stabbed her in the back. That's when Eric Garcetti stabbed her in the back.
1: Laura Friedman, who's now running for Congress to replace Adam Schiff, stabbed her in the back.
6: The two percent. Yeah, you know it. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like it's it's you have to cross the fifty percent mark to to get
5: that. Well, as you say, so. certainly, this is going to be an interesting election year, anyway, yeah. right, Tom? Well,
6: like you said, I mean, he survived that recall attempt. They tried to get those signatures in. They didn't have enough, or they thought they did, but mm-hmm. they got them there. Didn't didn't go through.
5: So now With it's a, a lot of things. On. On the now it's a full on battle. <laughs> yeah, there we All go. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Pat.
1: There you go. And George Gascon's entire calculus is that it doesn't matter how much people like us nail him or how often people go after him on social media or how often people go after him at dinner parties. He's going to have the L.A. Times behind him, which he does. He's going to have the Democratic Party behind him, which he does. And he's going to have George Soros and all of George Soros's money behind him, which he does. And he thinks that in a county as blue as Los Angeles, it doesn't matter how bad he is at his job. It doesn't matter how unsafe the county is. As long as he has the L.A. Times, the Democratic Party, and George Soros behind him, he's bulletproof.
2: Well, it's interesting you say that, Johnny, because there was a debate in Encino that George Gascon participated in with the Encino Property Owners Association. And George Gascon also went on whatever the hell they're calling KPCC now. And both of those, debate and interview, he opened by the first thing you need to know about him is that the L.A. Times loves him. You want to hear that?
7: Let's hear it. Um, The L.A. Times took a great deal of time uh, interviewing all the candidates for this race, and they endorsed me. And in their endorsement, they were very clear about the comparisons that they did between myself and the other people in this race. Uh, The reality is that it's...
1: this is why the L.A. Times is going bankrupt. They're trying to kill their customers.
2: You understand, and it's the most perfect irony. The day they released this endorsement was the day they had to fire 120 journalists.
7: In terms of our crime-fighting efforts, our filing rates uh, as in office have remained the same for the last 10 years when it comes to felonies, uh, when it comes to violent misdemeanors. Well, we have dropped in some areas, like, for instance, driving without a license, That's always
2: the example he uses of the 10 categories of misdemeanors that he will not file for. But it's also interesting that he keeps saying we don't go after people driving without a license when this is the year that traffic deaths overtook homicides.
7: Yeah, it's also
1: the year that we legalized jaywalking.
7: Well, we have dropped in some areas like, for instance, driving without a license and crimes that deal primarily with addiction and mental health issues. (laughs)
1: So there you have it, the pride and joy of the Los Angeles Times, George Gascon. And that tells you everything you need to know about both of them.
7: Do a Google on, on YouTube.
1: If you'd like to email the show, you can do so at johnnydontlikeshow at com. That's johnnydontlikeshow at com. And Randy, even though the show ends for the week today at 3 o'clock... You can keep listening to us if you want to.
2: All you gotta do is... Go to KABC.com, click on Podcast. go to the Apple Podcast app, iHeart, Spotify, search for The John Phillips Show, hit subscribe. You can search for The John Phillips Show on YouTube. a Google on, on YouTube. That one might be my new frontrunner for Clip of the Year. And you can also get the KABC app. Search KABC AM in the Apple App Store or the Android Store. It's the easiest way to listen. Live to this radio station, wherever you are, you will not believe how easy it is.
4: I cannot believe it. Quite frankly.
2: But you can download all the podcasts as well, listen to them whenever you want. You can listen to them at night, you can listen to them in the morning when you.
4: You have to wake
5: up and smell the coffee.
2: In the meantime, what do you say? We make a
1: couple of listeners very happy.
2: Shout out to the smoking Scan crew. 790-K-ABC welcomes the Doobie Brothers at the Kia Forum on June 23rd. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. But right now, caller number 9 at 1-888-790-5222 gets a pair of tickets to the show. Tickets furnished by Live Nation. Good luck dialing. But
1: right now, we're pleased to be joined by the editor of the Gus Report, you can find him online at DanielGus.substack.com and follow him on Twitter at TheGussReport. Daniel Gus, welcome.
3: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back.
1: Well, And thank you for the shout-out at the city council meeting earlier today.
3: <laughs> well, Cool Ranch Gregorian was trying to stop that, Mr. Dorito Head, but we got through anyway, and thankfully we got a few plugs in.
1: Well, that's fantastic. It doesn't seem like he's as humored with it as we are.
3: Uh, it doesn't seem like he's humored about
2: anything. Now, Gus, before we get started here, are you aware that whenever you go on the city council and you're on the phone that the Smoke and Scan crew starts applauding Daniel Gus?
3: I am not aware of that, but I have seen the show once during, a, I believe it was a, a freeway chase, and uh, it it is very unique and hilarious. It's worth people checking out. So thank you, Smoke and Scan crew. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Project Inside Safe, because that is the quintessential Karen Bass program since being elected mayor. She says her program is resulting in homeless people being taken off the streets, being put indoors in motels all over the city of Los Angeles, and it has been a smashing success. You have recently been reporting on those claims, and you're reporting... Says that's not entirely accurate.
3: Correct. We might as well call it hashtag inside fraud because it might be helping some people uh, who are homeless get off the streets. But I have reported and I have confirmed firsthand, firsthand that inside safe karen bass's and la city council's signature program to get homeless people off the street is using it to shield recent migrant border crossers from at least venezuela haiti and cuba and it is also being used deceptively to keep homeless people who are supposed to be aided by the project uh, inside safe and neighborhood councils and and perhaps worst of all, 12 step groups, at least in one of these community recreation centers. So it is being used in a manner that I can tell your listeners, uh, John and Randy, it is being used to defraud the public. And it's even worse than that. City employees, the people who work in uh, uh, these rec centers and community centers, have independently confirmed for me and people with whom I work directly that they have been instructed to lie that the people who are being housed in some of these municipal buildings are homeless And they said that they are being instructed to lie by the mayor's people. So it is a fraud top and bottom, and it might be criminal. I'm going to get to the bottom of that in the next few weeks.
1: And whenever she puts statistics and numbers out, proving that what she's doing is working and is very successful, those numbers are not coming from the feds. Those numbers are not coming from the state. Those numbers are essentially coming from her, correct?
3: of course the numbers never quite flow as as you would uh, as logic would dictate because she needs the numbers to show that the program is working on one hand but they need the homeless population to continue to be enormous if not bigger so that she can get more money from the federal government or from the state or from wherever else it comes. And, and so it's threading the needle to serve the purpose of whoever she supposedly is locking arms with in this press conference or locking arms with in that press conference. It, you can't believe anything she's telling you. It might be working for some people, but there is a lot of fraud there. And again, it could be criminal. I'm looking into that.
1: Well, what you say is interesting because let's say that we have any number of motel rooms that the city's paying for. And if Mm -hmm. you're paying for a motel room as part of Project Inside Safe, the assumption is you're taking someone off the streets and you're putting them in a motel room. And that way they have a roof over their head. In theory, if you're doing that and you're paying for a bunch of motel rooms, the number of people living on the streets should not only be reduced, but it should be reduced dramatically and by a similar number of however many rooms that you're renting out. If the number of rooms is exploding and we're paying for motel rooms all over the city, and then the number of homeless people living on the streets is also exploding and getting bigger and not smaller... That wouldn't make sense unless you're doing exactly what you just described. You're taking another population of people, the migrants, and you're putting them in the motel rooms.
3: Right. And this, this is th- th- there's so many layers to this shell game, to this fraud, including the fact that the city and inside safe uh, also guarantees hotel owners a certain number of uh, of rentals, whether or not those rentals are occupied. So so everything is in a state of flux, depending on what they're trying to convey on this day or on that day. You li- and by the way, this is nothing new with the Bass administration administration garcetti Viragosa, they were all fraudulent in one way or another and it's just in this one it's such a big thing and the media hint hint the la times they want to go with whatever she says without checking it without confirming it because uh, she is demographically someone who they can't touch she is a a, a black female mayor and that absolutely impacts whether or how the L.A. Times is going to report on it. And and so you literally can't believe anything that they're putting out there. So some of what they may put out may be true, but you can't really I, – I wouldn't bet a buck on it. I'll tell you that.
1: This program is costing taxpayers a fortune. And I know that when there's a state of emergency – we learned this with COVID-19 – The different rules apply in terms of when a state executes a contract, when they cut a deal with some vendor, when they cut a check to some vendor. We typically have one way of doing business, but when there's a state of emergency, you have to fast track things because you can't take the time that you would otherwise take. We have an emergency with homelessness in Los Angeles right now, and I would imagine it makes it easier for Karen Bass to spend money without having to check all of the usual boxes. Is there any other independent office, whether it be the city controller's office or some other office, that has the power to audit Project Inside Safe, or are we relying on Karen Bass to audit her own program and then just take her at face value?
3: well well the answer is yes but it's not the la city controller which has a a clearly stated bias or whatever things Kenneth Mejia, the city controller, who by the way, I voted for Kenneth Mejia because he would still be better than Paul Koretz, who had no business running for that office. At least Kenneth Mejia had the qualifications to be city controller, but his office is one bias after another also. And it's funny how the progressives and the Democratic Socialists of America, uh, who compose 20% of the city council and 33% of the citywide elected office uh, offices. Um, I I don't trust anything that comes from the controller's office either. But I have done a little groundwork this week. Uh, I reached out, actually, uh, to the House of Representatives uh, and James Comer, who's the House Oversight Committee, and Congressman Jody Arrington, who heads the Congress uh, House of Representatives Budget and Finance Committee. I said, hey, This is what's going on. I've seen it firsthand, because if any federal dollars are being misused for inside safe. uh, That is the you know, you're in trouble when you're when you're relying on the House of Representatives to actually get to the bottom of potential fraud if there is potential fraud going on here. So the answer is yes, but it's not the city controller. Our best bet is if Comer and uh, Congressman uh, Jody Arrington look into it.
1: One of the things that local officials say when we spend a ton of money on a problem and we don't get the results we're looking for is something that gives them the perfect out because it's something that's not provable. And that is, yes, we've spent more money on homelessness. Yes, the number of people living on the streets has gone up. But if you didn't give me all of that money to spend, the problem would be worse. And since you can't prove that that's true or not true, you just kind of leave it there, which is a completely unacceptable answer because we are taxing ourselves to death to deal with this program. How they're spending the money is not working. They have no plans to change the way they're spending the money. But we have a new ballot initiative that we're all going to be voting on coming up shortly that's going to even spend more money on the problem. On the same programs that haven't worked, we're going to double and triple and quadruple down.
3: Yeah. And the reason why they do that is because a budget deficit isn't something um, the average uh, uh, Joe or Jane can see on the street corner. Uh, a, a budget deficit is just this thing that future generations are going to pay for, or there's going to be an economic collapse at some point. Uh, but uh, people who may not be as ingrained in this as you, Randy, and I are. Um, You know, uh, they see people sitting on the corner and they assume, geez, maybe they just need more money. Or the LA Times editorial board says this, or they say that, so I might as well go with this because a budget thing, uh, a budget deficit is just this concept that yes, it's actually eating a hole through the bottom of our pockets and our wallets, but it's an abstract thing as opposed to the guy who's got his pants down running down Van, uh, Van Nuys Boulevard. Oh, by the way, I've seen naked people running down Van Nuys Boulevard uh, in some sort of drug-induced delirium. I've actually seen this, and more than once. Um, so they get away with this lie uh, because that's what the Times, uh, you know, that's what the, this one says or or, or 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 Channel 9 says. And so so... We they get away with it because we don't know what else to do.
1: Daniel Gus, editor of the Gus Report, you can get him online at danielgus.substack.com and follow him on Twitter or X or whatever you're calling it at the Gus Report. Two S's in Gus. Daniel Gus, thanks so much for stopping by. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. If you'd like to email the show, you can do so at Johnny Don't like Show at gmail.com. That's johnnydontlikeshow at gmail.com. And Randy, you're monitoring the mailbag.
2: Michael writes in at Johnny Don't like Show at gmail.com. He's got a question for John and Randy. Guys, what happens if I do a YouTube on Google?
7: Do a Google on, on YouTube.
2: We may need to bring in a
1: tech expert to answer that question.
2: Oh, I have one. I have tech issues.
1: (laughs) The gold standard right there. All right, Randy, it's time to open up the KABC Crime Blotter.
2: If the cashier is
1: dummy.
4: Questions?
1: And Randy, today's edition is an update on a story we brought you yesterday. The Tagging
2: Tower is still getting tagged.
1: That's why they call it the Tagging Tower.
2: The Tagging Tower in downtown L.A. near L.A. Live has gotten international attention. And I saw a whole bunch of news flashes on my phone last night. Arrests were made. But much like the first amount of arrests, they get cited and released and they go back up into the tower to start tagging. That's no good. Hey, how's, how's a crime doing here, Gascon? Google
7: on, on YouTube.
2: For more, here's KTLA.
5: Ginger, thank you. The LAPD has made a arrest in connection with graffiti on three unfinished skyscrapers in downtown L.A.
2: Yeah, the buildings are... How funny is it that there is an eyesore right outside of L.A. Live that this unfinished skyscraper that's been sitting there for five years and the Tigers only found out about it now. <laughs> Giant, 27-story, three-tower, abandoned building, which we're pretty sure was a Jose Huizar project.
1: I guess they don't go to many basketball games
0: yeah the buildings are abandoned ktla5's eric spillman live in downtown with more details on this story eric good morning morning chris morning megan the lapd keeps arresting these folks and then citing them and then
1: releasing them <laughs> it's almost as if our district attorney doesn't work Woo. and then
0: they keep coming back and tagging some more We're talking about the three high-rise buildings you see behind me. Uh, They're known as the Oceanwide Plaza. You'll notice, if you can see, because it's kind of dark, that every single one of the 27 floors of all three buildings are covered in graffiti. And there are probably people up there right now.
1: (laughs) Probably or definitely tagging it as we speak.
2: It's an international destination. It's actually, they should keep it as a tourist attraction at this point.
0: There certainly were early this morning. Let me show you some pictures from one of our photographers. This is from 1 a.m. this morning. You see guys in hoodies spray painting new graffiti on one of the higher floors. It's been going on for days now. This was at one point one of the largest real estate projects in the city worth $1 billion. It was going to be three towers of luxury apartments right across from Crypto.com Arena and L.A.
2: Live. That's as Jose Huizar as it gets. I
1: wonder who on the city council is going to be putting money on his books.
2: But the Chinese
0: developers behind the project ran out of money in 2019 and construction stopped. Lately, taggers have started breaking in. An LAPD helicopter spotted a dozen of them on the 30th floor on Tuesday.
2: Now, do they work in unison together or are they competing to have the best graffiti? It seems organized to me. Cop showed
0: up and caught two of them they were sighted and released others got away in a car and they keep coming back if there is any security here nobody is stopping them does it surprise you that something like this would happen i'm honestly kind of surprised it took this long for
2: it to happen oh they're rerunning the footage they had with deron burgundy <laughs> <laughs> love that name
1: he does the news in san diego
2: over here how did you hear that uh from lapd actually yeah, LAPD mentioned that there might be an Instagram post floating around, and uh, it apparently it was inviting people to come. It's been wild to watch. It's, it's kind of interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's one way to
2: describe it.
0: Not everybody agrees that it's so interesting. City Council Member Kevin DeLeon.
2: KDL is getting a mention in this story. Well, the whole world has just gone
1: full circle will hold a news conference with the LAPD here this morning. He's expected
0: to introduce a motion to address the graffiti situation here, which has turned these buildings into an eyesore right in the center of downtown L.A. Now, the LAPD posted on social media on Wednesday uh, that they had met with the property management uh, here and that they had come up with new ways to secure this property and that they were going to clean up the graffiti.
2: Yeah, none of that's going to happen. No. And if
1: you do, it'll just be graffitied again real soon.
2: Now, John, his name did get
1: mentioned. Everybody rise for the pledge.
5: Madam President, today
4: is Tuesday and time for the flag salute.
5: Mr. DeLeon, can you please um, lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance this morning?
7: Thank you very much, uh, Madam President. It would be an honor. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of
1: America. Indivisible, pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America,
3: for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: What a great way to start the weekend. All right, we've got one more hour coming up on The John Phillips Show, live and local, right here on Talk Radio 790-KABC.
3: It is hot as hell. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations?
2: She is the least credible person
6: I may have ever seen on camera.
3: The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today.
6: Guys, not everything is 40, Chess. Why can't we just laugh?
3: Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch.
6: We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts
3: by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.